time family thank you guys excellent job grace and joy to you beloved it's good to be back in this place amen so to kick off our college hour journey this year we're going to be walking through the gospel according to mark okay the gospel according to mark so you can boot up your iphones and go there the scripture will be on the screen for us but prepare to walk through the mark narrative this year. You are going to be blessed. We want to thank God for, for Brienne Wise. Let's give her a hand. Amen. And the plethora of awesome college speakers that's going to be with us this journey. Don't forget Chirp on Fridays is going to be just as powerful as well. So bring a friend and let's go deep in God's word and uncover all the mysteries and the riches that the Lord will have for us. Today in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 13, I'm going to preach from, and today I title this message, The Calling, Confirmation, and Commission of Jesus. It's all in there, I promise, amen. (laughs) And we're going to unpack it as we go. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. If you're ready, say, I'm ready, Pastor. 
Amen. Now remember, you got to talk back to me when I preach, all right? That lets me know you're engaged. Okay. All right, verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And at once the spirit sent him out into the desert. And he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended to him. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Beloved, at the time of our text today, large crowds are said to have come from all over the region of Judea. And all eyes were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. The religious structures of the day and institutions were really corrupt. And the people of God were hungry for a new word. They were hungry for the coming of the Messiah because the enemies that were oppressing Israel had made life difficult for them to live. And then the Bible says, and then came Jesus. Jesus, when he came, had come through 42 generations, came down from heaven, the only begotten son of the father. And he appears in our text today for us. And there are three things that we can learn from this devotional message today. Number one, before God gives you a new beginning, there is always a calling, a confirmation and a commission to do what he has ordained you to do. For example, you've been called to study at Fresno Pacific. We're confirming that today. And in that confirmation, there is a commission on what he wants you to do for him in the earth. So let's unpack this, this text one verse at a time. My first point is the calling of Jesus. In verse 9, the Bible says, it was at that time that Jesus came from Nazareth. And he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Beloved, when we come to this particular verse, we see a calling taking place. Jesus has responded to a call from God the Father to leave his home in Nazareth and journey to the Jordan River. Now his journey and his response to this call on his life was going to cost him something. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, Nazareth was 60 miles from the Jordan River. Jesus literally had to walk the distance from Nazareth to the Jordan in order to fulfill God's mission for his life. So you see, his calling cost him something. He didn't have any transportation. He couldn't just Uber from Nazareth to the Jordan, right? He couldn't drive his SUV, none of that. He had to walk the distance. So the trip from the Jordan to the Nazareth, was, I mean, to, from Nazareth to the Jordan was going to cost him something. But he came anyway in spite of the cost. You see, in Christ calling to redeem mankind, he had to give up some other things. He had to leave heaven and the community of the triune Godhead to journey all the way down to earth and experience humanity. He had never did that before. This calling cost him something. 
And in choosing to come to, he- to earth, he had to give up everything. See, this coming of Christ meant that now God had come to live among men. He became the visible image of the invisible God. And now man would have an opportunity to walk and talk with God in flesh. It was meant that Christ would now be with man 24-7. His calling cost him something. We say, Pastor, what does that mean for me? Beloved, as you begin your missional journey at FPU, following God is going to cost you something. You must be willing to make adjustments in order to respond and to obey the call of God on your life. That's how you really experience God. You have to make adjustments to what God is saying and asking of you. And today, we affirm your calling to study here and to obey what God the Father has asked you to do. So just like Jesus, be ready to make adjustments. Somebody holler, be ready. Okay, number two, I've talked to you about the calling of Jesus. Look at the confirmation of Jesus. Verse 10, the Bible says, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heaven being torn apart and the spirit of God descending upon him in the form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Beloved, here we see a picture of Christ's confirmation ceremony. In Christ coming to be baptized by John, this ceremony consisted of several things. Number one, Jesus had to come to the Jordan River to be baptized to fulfill the plan of God for mankind. But see, his baptism was not like our your and I baptism. His baptism was not for the redemption of sin. No, beloved. It was rather a picture of what he was to accomplish because of the effects of sin. Because sin had come into the world, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Messiah, had to come to become an offering for your sin and mine. By him dying in that river... It was a symbol of him dying and being risen again, which you and I would be able to fulfill and accomplish because he came. So that was why he needed to be baptized in that river. And what we see in the life of Christ is a man right here who is in total surrender to God. Can I say some more right there? As he was coming up out of the water, the Bible says that he saw the heavens being torn apart. In the Greek language, that's a good word. It's the word schizo. And literally it means to be torn apart. Here's what happened. God the Father was so excited about his son, he ripped back the canopy of glory. And standing over the balcony of heaven, he said, this is my baby. Who I'm well pleased. Can I tell you what I think happened in that, in that morning? When he made that announcement, all of the underworld recognized who the Messiah was. Because God the Father had made the announcement. Now all hell was on notice and everybody at that river watching that baptism today had been served the memo. Uh-oh, God is here. The heavens broke apart. The third thing that happened there, the Bible says that the Spirit of God descended down in that FPU bird. Y'all know, come on, talk to me. 
and landed upon him. It was confirmation that God was with him. It was confirmation that he was divinely equipped for the work that God had given him to do. And then fourthly, we have him divinely identified by the Father. In other words, he was publicly inaugurated and formally installed in the authority of his office. The Son of God in human flesh. What a glorious picture. Say, Pastor, what does it have to do with me? I'm glad you asked me. Today's public act of worship and your present commitment to follow Christ is a form of confirmation. Every day you show up to class, every time you come to chapel, it's confirming that God has called you to be here and that he is working in your life. And we are witnesses that God has his hand on you. We're witnesses that this is the place God has identified, set apart, and called you to be a name, to be named as his child. There's going to be mornings where you wake up and wonder like, what am I doing here? Am I really supposed to be here? Yes, beloved. Just keep coming. Keep walking. God will meet with you every day and reveal himself to you. How do I know? Because we prayed for you. We prayed before you even came here that God would send those who he wants to shape in his image to raise them in the likeness of his spirit and give them power to change the world. That's how I know you're confirmed to be here. I've talked to you about the calling of Christ. I've talked to you about the confirmation of Christ. Let me land the plane now dealing with the commission of Christ. If you're in here, say, run, pastor. pastor. All right, verse 12, the Bible says, at once the Spirit sent him out into the desert. And he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by Satan. That's right, Jesus was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals. And the Bible says, and the angels attended to him. Beloved, let me unpack this for you. After coming up out of the Jordan River from his baptism, and after being validated by the confirmation of the voice of the Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit, look at this now, don't miss this. The Father is now commissioning Jesus in his work on the earth. And in his commission, he sent him into the desert. Several things happened during the course of his journey. Number one, he was sent and he was separated. This is interesting because the word sent in the original language is the word ekbalo. And it means to literally be injected into a situation or injected into a place of hardship. Can I say some more? What's happening in this text is God has to eject his son into the place of suffering. He has to eject him into the desert streams of life that he might become all that the father had already ordained him to be. When God calls you and confirms you, he never sends you to a place that's easy. That's how he works out what's in you to prove to a world that he called you. I'm preaching to myself right now. Do y'all mind? Every now and then it gets hard to be a pastor. You think 
because I live for God, I work for God, I be tiptoeing through the tulips. No! It's hard to love people who are unlovable. It's hard. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Y'all in here? Can I tell you, it ain't going to be easy, them classes you taking. Somebody already raised me. Yeah, no better. <laughs> but why does God have you here? Ekbalo. He's ejected you into this place of hardship that you might be tried and tested. If he's tried Jesus, he ain't got no problem trying you. Notice the difference. He didn't test him. He tried him. But in his trial, the evil one tested and tempted. Are you listening? God sends him for 40 days in the desert, in the wilderness, to test him. The evil one comes and tempts him. Let me clarify that. God tests the enemy tempts. God never tempts. He does test. Notice that I wrote some things about this. Pastor Brian, I think you'll find this interesting. Jesus didn't have an option. He couldn't say, I didn't want to take this class. <laughs> it was part of the curriculum. You're going to be the Messiah? You got to know this way. I feel like saying something. Can I say it? Yeah. You want to be a doctor? You got to have biology. <laughs> you want to be a preacher? You need JCC. <laughs> Part of the curriculum. Tell your neighbor, quit complaining about the class. <laughs> In this test, can I say some more? The desert was a lonely place. It was a place of hunger, a place of poverty, a place where a person gets tested. The desert was a place of warfare. It was a place of suffering, a place of pain. It was also a place of isolation, separation, but preparation. Can I tell you this? There were no comforts in the desert. No pillows for your head at night. No protection from the elements, the elements. Not a lot of resources there. The sun plays tricks on you in the desert. The cold evening winds hurt you in the desert. Yet, it was ordained by God. See, the truth is, if you're going to follow Christ, it's going to cost you something. Christianity ain't for sissies and wimps, no. It costs you something. The comforts that come with following the Christ is the cross. And God sends all of his children that he has called, he's confirmed, he's commissioned into the desert. I have some witnesses. Remember Moses? Remember Job? Remember Paul? Remember Jeremiah? Remember David? Remember Brian Davis, <laughs> Professor Melly, they've all had classes in the desert. <laughs> oh, but it's in the desert lessons of life, beloved, 
that God refines and God defines. Can I say that again? He refines and he defines his servant. So when you start feeling some kind of way and getting in your emotions and your feelings about your class, hold on. God's refining you to define you so that he can use you when you come out on the other side. I got to leave you now. But the Bible says while he was in there in the wilderness those 40 days, he experienced some stuff. He was in the desert in the, with the wild animals. I don't have a lot of time. I'm out of my preaching minutes here. But he had to experience the howl of the jackal at night. The hunt of the wolf. Things that wanted to devour him. And can I tell you, there are some things in this world that want to devour you. I know you live on a Christian campus, but you're not safe from the wiles of the evil one. The world, the flesh, and the devil hates the believer, even while you're in Christian class. There'll be things that will come to devour your mind. If you're not careful, you'll be tempted to slip off to some party that will do you harm. But you're being tested in the desert. Just remember, God has a plan for you. I got to leave you now, but there's some good news. Somebody holler, what is it, Pastor? Jesus won in the wilderness. He was tempted, but he didn't give in to temptation. Can I say why? It's no sin to be tempted. You're going to be tempted, but it's not a sin to be tempted. The sin and rebellion against God comes when you yield, give yourself over to temptation. Jesus didn't do that. That's what made him the perfect lamb of God. And because he endured it, DJ, you and I can endure it. He endured it to the point that one Friday night at a hill called Calvary, they stretched him wide. They dropped him low. He died with his head in the locks of his shoulders. They took his body down and put him in a borrowed tomb. And early, early Sunday morning, he got up from the dead with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. That's why he's my savior. So whatever I'm going through, I got hope I can make it because he made it. And you got hope too. High five somebody and tell them, let's do this. Let's do this. Pastor Brian is coming back. The band is coming back with another song and prayer.